Good morning, CWC. Man, it is so good to see you. I am so excited to, to be here to bring the word to you this morning. So I hope you came excited to receive the word. Um, I haven't preached in two weeks, so I got to get three messages in one today. Um, so we're just combining the first service and the second today. So we'll be here about five hours, but it's all good. Like, I wouldn't even want to talk that long. <clears throat> No, but man, it's, it's good to be with you this <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So look, today, man, we are, are going to wrap up our teaching series, Raising Warriors, because today we're, we're wrapping up our, our, also our giving campaign, our Raising Warriors uh, giving campaign. Today is our final giving Sunday. And so, man, I hope we all came ready to give on Pentecost Sunday. Do you know that God says, um, what you give will be given back to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will be placed in your lap. That, that's what the Bible says. It's a promise of God. And, and today, man, we get the opportunity to come and bring our offering before the Lord and, and ask God to multiply it. And I'm, I'm believing he's going to do exactly that. I'll have a report next week of where we are in that giving uh, process. But what I, I will say this, up to this point, man, we, we've seen an incredible generosity from you guys, man. We thank you uh, for that. Many kids' lives are gonna be touched and transformed because of your faithfulness and your generosity, amen. And so thank you, thank you for that. Um, but yeah, man, and I hope you guys have enjoyed this, this series, this Raising Warrior series. Now, now look, I, I know this, I know that this has not been an easy series to swallow, like, I know it hasn't. Um, I'm sure that for many of us, we've had to wrestle with many messages um, in this series. Um, and because, man, I know, I know I've had to wrestle with quite a few of them as, as well. But, but, but here's what I feel like the Lord keeps saying to me over and over again over these past several weeks. He's, he keeps saying to me, Keith, you, you can't have comfort and power. You, you, you can have one or the other, but you cannot have both. You can't have both. See, we can't be comfortable and still operate in the power of God. And, and, and here's why, here's why. Because the power of God is supernatural and that is very uncomfortable to the natural. It just, it just is, church, it just is. I'm telling you. Let me, let me say it this way. It might be a little easier for me to explain. See, when God shows up in power among us, his power is all supernatural. There's nothing natural about it. It's not of this world. It's out of the ordinary, right? And, and because it's not of this world and it's not ordinary, it makes our flesh feel very, very uncomfortable. And so this is why the Lord keeps speaking this, not only to me, but to my wife and multiple other people on our intercessory prayer team separately, not us talking about it, but boom, each of us confirming it and what God is speaking. And I love when God does that, how he confirms it and reaffirms it through different people. It's absolutely amazing just to remind us that he is speaking. And so he's been reconfirming this thing, man, that, that we can't be comfortable and still operate in the power. It just won't, won't happen. And, and I don't know about anybody else, but, but me, man, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm ready to, to stop sacrificing God's power for my comfort. And believe me, I got a comfort zone, and boy, I like to operate right in it. I'm telling you, I got this sweet spot. And I'm like, Lord, keep me in that spot. Like, I, I like that spot. I feel good in that spot, but that's, 
That's not what God desires to do. He desires to take us out of our comfort so that he can move in power in us and then through us. And here's why it's important to have the power of God show up in our midst. Because it's the power of God that sets the captive free, church. The power of God does that. Not me preaching some word and not Brent and Julie up in here singing their lungs out. No, no, no. It's the power of God that sets the captive free. It's the power of God that baptizes us in the Holy Ghost. It's the only way it happens. This is why Jesus said you will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So it's the power of God that baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. It's the power of God. When it comes upon us, it can heal us. Completely heal our bodies. Every infirmity can be gone in Jesus' name. And so look, we, we can remain comfortable in our theology or we can, we can let loose and allow God to move in power among us. But we can't have both. We can't have both. And see, it's, it's the power of God, okay, that forces the forces of darkness to flee. The power of God does that. It just does, not our theology. And so we, we can't remain comfortable and operate in power. The two don't, the two don't mix. And, and you know, this, this past Friday night, right, we had our, our worship and testimony night. And man, I tell you, man, God moved in power, literally in, in, in power. And I promise you at different times during that, that service, man, people felt uncomfortable. And hear me, hear me, I felt uncomfortable. I'm dead serious, I'm not even kidding you. I had to sit up here and work through my own heart and get out of my own comfort zone, get out of the way and let God do whatever he wanted, he, whatever he wanted to do. Because let me tell you what, what happened at that service. There, there was a woman who gave her life to Jesus for the very first time. God set her free. At the exact same time he set her free, he filled her with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That's literally what he did. Now, now we could have remained in our comfort zone and then that woman never experience the power of God and never give our life to Jesus. Which one is more important? Which is more important? That's what we have to wrestle with in our own hearts and in our own minds. And so, man, we can either be comfortable or we can have, or we can have power. Multiple people were healed in Jesus' name. Multiple people on Friday night also received prophetic words where God revealed words to people that other people have never met in their life. And say, this is what's happening, but, 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 right down the list. Amen. Why does that happen? Because the power of God shows up. That's the only way it can happen. And so, man, we can, we can decide in our own hearts to say, you know what? My comfort is not important compared to the power of God. It's just not. Because I'm telling you, there's been times in my life where I've allowed my flesh to feel so uncomfortable that I couldn't even see God moving in power. I couldn't even see it. Couldn't even see it. I'd be in there like, man, surely the Lord was in this place, but I didn't know it. I didn't know it because my comfort kept me bound and blinded to what God was trying to do. Listen, listen to me, church. Man, I'm telling you right now, we are on the brink of a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, we are on the brink of revival. And, and hear me, go study revival. Go study the history of revival because it's absolutely amazing. And did you know every single revival in all of mankind's history made all sorts of people all kinds of uncomfortable? I promise you that because God showed up and moved in power and it didn't look like it did before. It, it didn't sound like it sounded before. It, it didn't feel like it felt before. And people were so uncomfortable. Listen to me, when Jesus came to this earth, church, 
He made all kinds of people feel uncomfortable. I'm telling you right now, Jesus made everybody feel completely uncomfortable, except those who didn't care about their comfort and knew that they needed the power of God to change their life. And you know, what's funny. When Jesus left the earth and he went to be with the Father in heaven, the Holy Spirit came, right? The Father sent the Holy Spirit in his place to fill us so that the kingdom could live in us. The Holy Spirit picked up right where he left off. Picked up right where he left off to the point to where when he came in power, he divided tongues of fire over each and every one of them where everybody else in the room that didn't receive it, guess what they were saying? These people are drunk. They're out of their mind. They're crazy. They're crazy because it didn't line up with their theology. And all I'm saying is very simply this, God, let our hearts be open to whatever you wanna do. Whatever you wanna do, even in my discomfort, God, let me move out of the way and say, God, what are you doing right now? I wanna be a part of whatever you're doing. I don't need to understand it, but I better believe it and receive it. See, understanding brings comfort. But man, I'd rather have power than comfort. I've decided that in my own heart. Now you have to decide that for yourself. And I'll tell you why I want, I want power. I'll tell you why. Because I was a very severely addicted to heroin drugs for many years and I'm set free, completely set free. I've been healed on multiple occasions. I've had multiple moments of sanctification and transformation in my life where God has taken me from one degree of glory to the next, revealing these mysteries of the gospel. And it's absolutely beautiful. And it's because the power of God decided to show up. That's why. Decided to make me feel very uncomfortable. Listen, when God was getting me clean, it wasn't comfortable, even though it was the best thing for me. So man, we can, we can either be comfortable in the natural and never experience the supernatural or say, you know what, God? Forget the natural. I want what you've got. Did you know what we get caught up in? I'll tell you what we get caught up in. We are actually spirit beings having a flesh experience. We think we're flesh beings having a spiritual experience. No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're supposed to be spiritual beings. That's how God created us, having this flesh experience to walk with Christ, to be like Christ, to be conformed and to surrender our lives over to him. Now we gotta get to the place where we're willing to sacrifice comfort to experience the power of God. Because if we do, then we will become the warriors that God desires us to become. Now listen, this message that God is trying to get across over this series, this Warriors, Raising Warriors series is exactly that message. Get out of the way. Let me do what I want to do and transform you into what I want you to become instead of what you want to become. And, and every single fiber of our being, right? Don't like that. And I tell you that we've had to wrestle with some of the, well, let me tell you, I've had to wrestle. Let me say that. Let me quit speaking for you. I'll speak for me. I've had to wrestle with several of these messages with the Lord, especially the one last week. Ooh, that's a tough one. A crucified warrior. I don't like that one bit. I don't like that one bit. I'll just be honest. I don't. I, I don't like it. Why? Because every single fiber of my being wants to hold on to what I want, to what I desire, to what I deem is necessary. Right? That, that, that's, that's what I want. But yet, did you know that the gospel message is actually completely opposite of that? <laughs> the entire message of the gospel is predicated on us dying to ourselves. Hear me. 
us denying ourselves, us crucifying ourselves, us being willing to get uncomfortable ourselves in the crucifying process. So look, although it's not easy to be a crucified warrior and to crucify ourselves, it's, it's very necessary. It's very necessary. If we desire to receive the promises of God, if we desire to operate in the power of God, if we desire to become the warriors that God has created us to become, we gotta become crucified warriors. Did you know Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, very clearly, he says this, whoever desires to find their life will lose it. Whoever desires to remain comfortable in the natural, that find their home here in this world and with the things that the world has to offer, they will lose their life. That's exactly what he's saying. But those who desire to lose their life for my sake, they'll find it. Those who don't care about comfortability on the earth, they'll, they'll find eternal life in Christ. And see, Jesus is saying these things to us because he realizes this is a real struggle for us as people. It's a real struggle for us because everything within us wants to preserve self. Like, like we're taught from infancy self-preservation, right? We are to, 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 to preserve ourselves, to preserve our dreams and our wants and our desires, to preserve our happiness, to preserve our comfort. That's what we're, we're taught from childhood. And so Jesus here is simply saying to us, hey guys, hey, hey, listen, listen. Basically everything you've been taught since you were a child is wrong. Like <laughs> pretty much everything that you've been trained to do in self-preservation is, is, is wrong. You know, I have people that will come to me and say things like, well, I just am who I am and people need to accept me for who I am. I hear, I hear it actually pretty often. And me, I'm like, well, well, newsflash. <laughs> the entire message of Jesus is that you need transformed. Transformed. Transformation has to take place and not behavior modification. That's what I think a lot of us feel like the, the gospel is, this behavior modification, so that we can, we can act better, so that we can talk better, so that we can love our spouse a little better and love our kids a little bit better. But that's not the gospel at all. The gospel is much more extreme. It's much more radical than we give it credit for. I'm telling you, it's much more radical. The message of the gospel is this, that God himself had to die the most horrific death because we, who we are as people outside of Christ is awful. That, that's literally what it says. Not one of us are good, not a single one of us. He had to die to make us right. Come on and resurrect himself and seat, and seat himself back on the throne of heaven. That, that's the gospel message, right? We were so far from God's design and desire that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross at Calvary. So that then through him, we could be made right with the father. So that through him, we can crucify ourselves and, and, and become a completely brand new person. Did you know that's what the Bible says? That the old will pass away and not just the old bad things, everything will pass away. And behold, the new has come. I'm a completely different person than I was even last week. Did you know that? We need to become completely brand new people. Someone different than who we, we actually are with new minds, new hearts, new desires, new wants, new ways of thinking, 
That's what, that's what it is. We're to become a completely brand new people. That's the message of the gospel. We need the transformation because listen to me, if transformation doesn't happen, we will not make it into the kingdom. We will not. You will not. I will not make it into the kingdom if transformation in Christ doesn't happen. It will not happen. And listen, that's not easy for us to hear. It's tough for us to swallow, but it's necessary for us to receive. It really is. So that when we receive that and we start to understand that, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I need him to transform me. What happens to us then is our prayers shift to God, give me, give me, give me, to, to all of a sudden, Jesus, help me to crucify me. Help me to become crucified in Christ so that it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And now this life I live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. And I'm asking you, Jesus, to completely transform me and conform me into your image and into your likeness. That's the gospel message. And and again, this isn't easy to hear, but it's a truth that we must receive. And and it actually confronts us in our comfortable lifestyles. It does. It should. It really should. It should make us feel uncomfortable with where we are. And several of these messages in this Raising Warriors series, man, has stretched us. And, And hopefully it has caused us to start thinking about how we're to follow Jesus differently. I sure hope so. To live this life differently. You know, the church has really found itself in an interesting period of time um, where, where we're trying to appeal to everyone. Okay, hear me. And, and I'm not saying we shouldn't welcome everybody. Listen to me. We, we want to welcome everybody. I, I love every single person that's here. Uh, anybody that walks through them doors, I'm like, whoa, let's get them in. Amen. We, we want them in the door. So I'm not talking about not welcoming people. What I'm saying is trying to appeal to every people. Because and what we've done is, so then in order to appeal to everyone, we got to make everyone feel comfortable then. That's what we got to do in order to appeal to everyone. But man, when we realize, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got to appeal to God. <laughs> Let God send the growth. It's not on us. It's on him. Our job is to follow his word. That, that, that's, that's our job. But man, because we don't want people to feel uncomfortable, man, the the gospel is really taking on a different form in the church today. And the reality is, is this. If, if we want to make it into the kingdom, if we want to make it into the kingdom of God, man, we got to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We, we, we've got to give every part of ourselves over to Christ. Every part. We must become warriors that God desires us to become if we want to enter into the kingdom. And so today, I want to wrap up the series with a message titled, A Kingdom Warrior. A Kingdom Warrior. Because the truth is, we are supposed to be warriors for Christ on the earth. Warriors for the kingdom of God. And we are also to be raising warriors, training our kids in the ways of the Lord, training them to become warriors for Christ, fighting for righteousness and standing for the things of God in their life, living a life worthy of the call. That, that's what the Bible teaches. That's the gospel message. We should be training our kids how to fight against the forces of darkness in heavenly places, obviously, depending on their age is how much we reveal, obviously. But, but still training them how to pray and to 
be in the word of God and raising them to be kingdom warriors. And, and listen, I've said this so many times during this, this series, but I'll say it again, because it seems like people are really soft in this culture these days. But when I, when I say warriors, I don't mean if there's no blood, there's no glory, right? Like, I, I, don't, I don't mean that one bit. What I'm talking about is what Paul is talking about in Ephesians chapter six, verse 12. And this is what he says. He says, for our fight... It's not against flesh and blood, but it's against the the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. See, listen to me. There is a battle raging in the heavens that has earthly implications. Hear me. There's a battle raging in the heavens constantly that has earthly implications. This is why Jesus promised in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, He says, I have given you the keys to the kingdom of what? Of heaven. I've given you the keys to the kingdom so that whatever you bind on this earth is bound up in that heavens. And whatever you loose on this earth is loosed in heaven. See, see, our prayers as warriors has the ability to release the power of God, release the blessings of God, release the favor of God. It also has the power to bind the enemy away from our family and our community to stop him from wreaking havoc on everybody we love. That's what the church is. We're to be fighting in the heavens. But hear me, if we don't realize that we're in a war, we'll never become warriors. That that will not happen. That will not happen. And if we don't realize that the war war is in the heavens, guess what? We'll spend all of our time fighting down here on the earth and getting nowhere. Getting absolutely nowhere. Now, 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 listen to me. We'll have to stand on this earth, right? The Bible says when you've done all you can to stand, Stand therefore. So listen, yes, we are to stand for righteousness here, but we're to fight there. That's where we fight. That's where the battle is fought and won, in the heavens, not on the earth. And I love how Jesus says, I've given you the keys to the kingdom, to the kingdom. See, this is why we've got to be a kingdom warrior because the keys of power are only for a kingdom warrior. That's what they are. I've given you the keys to the kingdom. And look, what it simply means to be a kingdom warrior is is this. You have given your life fully to Christ. Fully to him. See, See, listen, the Bible is clear. Jesus is the king of kings. He's it. No one above him, no one before him. Everything has been subject to him and under his feet. Everything is his. The father gave him it all. He said, here, son, you are the king now because you were obedient to, the, to death, even to the death on the cross. And so now I'm gonna give you the name and bestow upon you the name that is above every name so that your name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord, that you are king to my glory. That means if we're a kingdom warrior, that means we've given Jesus full reign over our lives. It means that our life is no longer our own. It's not our own. We don't have the right to dictate things in our life because we're a kingdom warrior. And so we live in his kingdom under his rule. And we've given the spirit of God full control in our lives. Do what you want, Lord. All I am is a messenger. I'm just a vessel. You can do whatever you want with me. 
I'm here for you because I, I trust you. I trust you, so I give you complete control over me. And that means that he controls every aspect of your life. He controls your money. He controls your family. He controls your business. He controls it. He controls it all. He controls your dreams and your wants and your desires. He controls every bit of it. You, you know, I find that we, we like to say we've given Jesus control. I mean, we, we love to say that because it's the right thing to say. And so we like to say, yeah, oh yeah, I've given Jesus. Jesus is my, my, my king. But then we don't really tithe, right? I mean, we don't give a full tenth. What we do is we give what we want to give. And so we say, ah, I mean, I'm gonna give what I'm comfortable with giving and God's okay. God's okay with it. He understands it. This is, this is the way we interact with the Lord. Well, I know you said a tenth, but I'm gonna give you a percentage that I'm comfortable with giving you, God. See, see, we're okay with saying to, to people, oh yeah, Jesus is my king, but then we come to church when it's convenient for us. Come on, somebody, God's stepping on toes. I'm just saying. Like, but, but, it's, but it's true. And listen, God convicts me in area, tons of areas in my life. Like, and probably the only reason why I'm here all the time is because I'm pastoring. I might, <laughs> it might be convenient for me too if I wasn't the pastor of the church. Like, that'd be bad. But there's several areas in my life where God's saying, oh yeah, 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 you say I'm your king. But then when I ask you to give me that thing, you make up excuses and you justify why you don't got to give it to me. And this is just the way we, we are. See, listen, we, we can't say that Jesus has control and he's our king and we rule some of the time with him. Because here's, here's the reality. His kingdom is not a co-regency. It's not a co-regency. He's not looking to partner with you to rule your life. He's looking to partner with you so that you will fulfill his plans on the earth. Hear me. It's not a co-regency. And we don't get the, 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 the privilege to control our lives some of the time. No, 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 no. If we're in his kingdom, he rules all the time. All the time. See, if, if we want to become a kingdom warrior, that means this. 24 hours a day. Seven days a week, not just on Sundays for the hour and a half that we're here. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus. But then we go out there and do whatever we want to do. No, 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 no. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. That's what it means to be a kingdom warrior. Now, am I saying, am I saying that we'll never mess up? No, I'm not saying that. Lord, have mercy. God knows. God knows we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we probably do it more often than we think or admit that we do it. It's just true. I'll be honest. I'll be transparent with you. I know I do. I got to hit my face so quick. But that's why the Bible gives us, gives us his faithfulness. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but a righteous man, a righteous woman, they'll fall seven times. But guess what? Every time they get right back up. Every single time they'll get right back up. So, so, so it's not about never messing up. It's about consistently and constantly getting back up, getting on our face and repenting to our king and seeking his face every single day. Lord, help me do better today, in Jesus' name, to look more like you, Lord. See, to, be, to become a, a kingdom warrior isn't about perfection. Although God is perfecting us, amen, he's perfecting us. I don't look anything like I looked 10 years ago at all. I don't look anything like I looked five years ago because God's perfecting, God is perfecting. But it's not about perfection, but it, is, it has to be about progression and allowing God just to take a little bit more, a little bit more, and whatever area of our lives that he's asking for today, and this will change over your life, it'll change what God's asking for. He wants you to be faithful to give that thing. That makes him king. 
That makes him king. It's absolutely amazing that he desires to do that in us. And that's what makes us a kingdom warrior. And, and, and look, what a, what a kingdom warrior simply does is, is we, we fight for the kingdom. We stand for the righteousness of the kingdom. And we stand for those who can't stand for themselves. This is what the Bible teaches us. See, a kingdom warrior defends their faith. They can defend their faith because they, they believe and receive the faith. So they can defend it. And they defend everything that their king stands for. Everything. So that means everything in his word that he says he's for, guess what? We are for. Everything in his word that he says we are against, guess what? We're against. It's, 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 it's literally that simple. And it's absolutely imperative for us to be in his word and to be in constant prayer, consistently worshiping him so that we know his heart, so that we know what he's for and what he is against. And then we are becoming a kingdom warrior. And you know, I love how, I love how Jesus says that the kingdom lives in you. I love that. The kingdom lives in you. Meaning that the kingdom should be working through us. That's what it's saying. The kingdom lives in you, so it should be working through you. And in Matthew chapter 13, there are six parables that Jesus gives us, and they're all about the kingdom. In each parable, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like. He's trying to give us some insight into the kingdom that we are to be warriors for. And so, man, I, I just want to show you really quickly these, these few different parables um, and show you what Jesus says about it. And, and, and look, the first two that we're going to look at today, right? Jesus is going to be showing us and teaching us what we are to be watching out for, what we are to be fighting against, what we are to be guarding our hearts against in these first two parables. They have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 13. We'll be in verse 24, and I'm going to read really quickly. So stick with me. This is what it says. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, did you, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters to first collect the weeds and tie them into bundles to be burned. Then gather up the wheat and bring it into my barn. If you jump to verse 36, this is what it says. Then Jesus left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. Now we'll stop right there just for a moment because I absolutely love the disciples. They, they are not the sharpest knives in the, in, in the drawer. Like they're, they're not the brightest bulbs. They're very dull, which I actually really like because that gives me great hope. Like what that tells me is this, you don't need to be, be a genius to follow Jesus. 
That's exactly what that says. Matter of fact, Jesus says something completely opposite. He says, Father, I thank you that you have hidden these truths of the gospel from the wise and you've revealed it to those who are like children. See, God loves, loves to do this. And what he's saying is this, we don't need to understand everything. We don't need to understand everything, but we've got to believe and receive everything. And hear me, I'm not saying we don't search and ask God to reveal understanding. We absolutely do. But what I'm saying is if we don't fully understand it, we still believe it and receive it just because he said it. And so I trust him in the midst of it. See, God, he loves to specialize in taking the weak things of the world to shame the strong and the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He absolutely specializes in it. And this is what the Lord shows us by choosing those he chose to be his disciples, <laughs> right? And, and I love this part because what it shows us is, is this, because I could just picture this whole scene going down, right? I can play it out in my mind. I play out the Bible in my head um, when I'm reading it. But I can just see this taking place, right? Jesus is out there and he's bringing the roof down, right? He's preaching, there's thousands of people and he's bringing it down. And the disciples are like, yes, amen. Bumping their neighbor, like, yeah, it's for you type of stuff, right? Like, you're doing great, Jesus. Tell them how it is, right? Not understanding anything he said. Like, literally have no clue what he's saying. So they gave him alone, like, hey, 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 tell me what you meant by that because we don't understand it. And so Jesus, right, he begins explaining it to them. And, and this is what he says. He says, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. By the way, talking about himself, that's him. He's the son of man. He's the son of God. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, right? The first and last is he. He is the son of man. He's speaking to himself. He says, the field is the world and the good seed stands for the people of the what? Of the kingdom. That's the good seed, the kingdom warriors on the earth. These, these warriors for the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is at the end of the age, and the harvesters are my angels. That's what he said. Verse 40, as the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The son of man will send his angels out, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He's giving a picture of hell and will what will happen to those who do not give their life to Christ, surrender their life to Christ, live for the kingdom of God on the earth. This is what he's, he's, he's painting a very vivid picture to us. Then the righteous though, the righteous, they will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. It's absolutely amazing. And what Jesus is, is showing us here is this, very simple. He's showing us this, that while we are on this earth, there will be people right beside us that are put there by the enemy. Not your neighbor now. Like, listen, I guess we're like, I see people scooting over seats. Like, look, you're in trouble, that's your wife. I'm just saying, no, I'm just kidding. But that, that's, that's literally, listen to me. This is what he's saying. He's saying, you're, you're gonna grow up beside these people. You're gonna be around these people. And, and they're gonna be put there by the enemy. And listen, it'll be because of their own choice. Hear me. It'll be because of the choices they made to do evil on the earth. It'll be their choice to be used by the enemy. It's all of our choices. Many are called, but few are chosen because few of us choose to live for Christ, to stand for righteousness. 
to work with everything within us to go after Jesus. And see, what he's saying is, is while we're on the earth, man, we're gonna grow with these people. We're gonna, we're gonna eat with these people. We're gonna go to school with these people. We're gonna play sports with these people. We're gonna work with these people. We'll probably have to do some type of business with these people. We're even going to look similar as they, as they look, meaning we're all human beings. So we all kind of look alike, right? A little bit, you know, we're people. And, he's, and what he's trying to get across is, is this. And, and at times it will seem as though they are receiving the same benefits that we are. Matter of fact, at times it will seem as though they are more blessed than us. Even though we, we are trying to live for the kingdom and they're living for the world, looking for the pleasures of this, this world. But he, but he says, no, no, remember though, remember, judgment day is coming. It's coming. And when that day comes, there'll be a huge difference. We may look a little bit of the same now and do the same things now, but when the day of judgment comes, there'll be a complete separation between the wheat and the weeds. It'll be a huge difference between a kingdom warrior and someone of the world. And I think this is so important for us to understand because how many of us at different point in times in our lives, we thought things and said things like, like, Lord, Lord, why are those people being so blessed? They don't live for you. They don't care about you. They talk bad about you, that they curse you and take your name in vain, God. But yet they got all kinds of money. They got all kinds of nice cars. They, they got all kinds of nice houses. Their, their families look perfect. They got as many kids as they want to have. and They got everything that this earth could, could offer them. And here I am living my life for you every single day on my face, in my word, fasting and praying and believing you, God, for something. And I feel like I'm getting the crap beat out of me. I feel like I'm getting the crap beat out of me. Every day I'm worried about my finances. My checkbook's a wreck. Every day my business struggles worse and worse. God, what is going on every day? My spouse and I can't seem to get on the same page and can't seem to get along. My kids end up in a deeper mess than they were the day before. God, it just isn't fair. It's not fair that they're blessed and I'm not. Have any of you ever felt that way? Maybe I'm the only heathen in the room. But I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> this is why Jesus is like, well, yeah, well, I hear you. I see you, but, but you got to remember, you got to remember just because someone's being blessed doesn't mean they're endorsed by God. Hear me, hear me. Just because someone's blessed doesn't mean God's endorsing their life. This is where man, man, we get in big trouble when we start, that's our measuring stick. Well, they're blessed and that church is growing, that's doing this and this doing that because God's with them. Nah, it's not always true. It's not always true because the wheat and the weeds grow up together. But on the day of harvest. So listen, there, there, there's a day coming when we will be separated from the weeds. We will. And this is why Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 tells us this. Do not grow weary of doing good for in due season you will reap a harvest. In due season when the harvest comes and the harvester comes to get you, you will reap a harvest. If, someone shout if. Yeah. If you don't give up. <laughs> if you don't throw your hands up, well, they're being so blessed over there, I might as well just do what they're doing in their business. I'll go ahead and cheat a few people too, like they do, and I'll make all kinds of money doing it. I'll do the same thing they are. No, 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 no. 
don't grow weary in doing good for in due season you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. See, what Jesus is trying to explain to us in this this parable is, is this, that the kingdom of heaven is like a bunch of kingdom warriors continuing to grow in the things of God, continuing to do the work of God, never willing to sacrifice kingdom values and kingdom characteristics in order for earthly comforts and earthly pleasures to be their reward. They're not willing to do it. And yeah, yeah, right right now, there'll be people living very comfortable lifestyles around us, in the midst of us. And they're not living for Jesus at all. They're not. But hear me, one day, Jesus is coming. He's coming. And then we'll see the separation. We'll see it. Because on that day, he'll separate us. And then guess what? We get to enter into his his eternal rest. (laughs) We get to enter into his, his kingdom. In the next parable in Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 31, this is what Jesus says. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field, though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest garden plant and becomes like a tree so that the birds can come and nest in its branches. Man, I I absolutely love this because what this tells us is this. The kingdom of heaven will grow exponentially and it will continue to grow, continue to grow. The enemy cannot stop it. He cannot, and I love it. It might start out small, but man, it'll grow and take over our whole lives in Jesus' name. But you know, something that I I found in this this parable that I'd never seen before in my life, it made me realize I completely misunderstood the parable my whole life, completely misunderstood it until I read it and studied it this time. Because see, when I used to read this, I'd take it at face value. I'd say, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. The birds, that's a good thing. The kingdom is so big, it's so great that even the birds wanna come and and take part in it. They even wanna nest in it. But hear me, when you go back and read the whole chapter and take it in the context of the chapter and what Jesus is trying to get across, you'll see actually just how bad the birds are. How the birds are the devourers of the kingdom. And, and, and I'll prove it to you. Matthew chapter 13, in verse three and four, this is what it says. This is Jesus. He says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came and what? Devoured it. Verse 18, he clarifies. He says, and the birds are the enemy. They're the devourer. And the enemy, man, he... He comes to snatch away the message of the kingdom, to snatch the kingdom from people's hearts who don't fully understand it, who are still working through and and being uncomfortable in the midst of the kingdom and, and the enemy sees it and he comes and snatches it. He snatches it away. So the theme throughout this entire chapter is the birds are the devourers. And this is Jesus telling us what to watch out for, what to guard our hearts Against, watch out for these people, places, and, and things that are trying to nest in the kingdom. And they're actually trying to devour the kingdom. And you know, as I was studying through this, I started to think about, like, what is nesting in the kingdom in the day and age we live in? Right now, today. What does this look like today, Jesus? And I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like this liberalism and this relativism that has infiltrated the kingdom. 
that people can live any alternative lifestyle they want. They can live however the heck they want. And it's okay because it's all relative. It's cool. Whatever is good. As long as you claim to know Jesus. This is what has infiltrated the, the body of Christ. And infiltrated the, the kingdom. We've got entire, entire denominations who are saying they can live any lifestyle they want. Anyone can and still be the pastor of the church. This is the devourer trying to redefine and destroy the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God. And see, we as kingdom warriors are to be fighting against it, watching out for these type of things. Now, am I saying this, that if people are struggling in their life with sin and they're trying to work through it, that, that we sit there and come and fight against it? No, 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 that's not, that's not at all. That's not at all what I'm saying. Not even a little bit. What I'm saying is we'll love people enough to tell them that if there's sin in their life, hey, it's sin. And sin will not get into the kingdom. It will not. He is a perfect, righteous, and holy God. No sin will get near him. And so, man, we'll love him enough to tell him that it's sin. And, and, and there's another thing that will always try to nest in the kingdom, and that is religion. Hear me. A religious spirit will try to hide itself and nest itself in the kingdom every day, all day. It's been happening since the beginning of time when Jesus himself came to the earth. A religious spirit will try to hide itself in the church, try to nest there. And see, as, as kingdom warriors, we're to fight against religion and fight for a relationship with Jesus. That's what we're to fight for. See, because in a relationship, right, people are willing to fight against their sinful flesh. But in religion, it just condemns people who are in sin instead of providing a way of escape. See, as, as kingdom warriors, we, we must be aware of any and all sin that, that's trying to infiltrate the kingdom. We've got to be. Another thing that we find nesting in the kingdom these days is this celebrity Christianity, where people are literally trying to be famous on the back of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It just is so true. Trying to turn churches in this in entertainment industry instead of, a, instead of a worship set. It's just it's the truth. Trying to turn church into a place of comfort instead of a place of transformation. Transformation is not comfortable. Hear me. It's not. Because it's different than who you are. <laughs> different than who I am. And we've tried to turn church into a place of comfort. We want them to be welcomed, but not comfortable. I want you all to be welcomed, but I don't want you to be comfortable. <laughs> I don't. You know why? I don't ever want to be comfortable either. You know why? Because there's so much more of him to get. Oh my gosh. There's so much more I've got bottled up in all this nonsense that, man, I got to give to him. So, man, we, we, we want to be welcoming, but not comfortable. And man, as, as, as kingdom warriors, these are the things that we got to watch that are trying to nest in the kingdom. We, what we got to watch is these things are growing up beside us and, and guard ourselves against these things. And in the last two parables, I'm going to read really quickly because this is the point of all this. Jesus reveals the point to all of this and to the kingdom coming to the earth. He reveals it right here. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold everything he had and bought it for himself. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. 
And what Jesus is trying to reveal is this, that the kingdom of heaven came to the earth for people. That's, that's why he came. See, people are God's treasure. People are his, his, his pearls, his fine pearls. And he gave up everything in order to come and get us. Everything. You know, listen, I do think the, the parable does have a dual meaning. I think we can take it the other way too and say, man, we need to sell everything we have in order to come, off and come after Jesus. But that's not the context of it though. Listen to me. Jesus gave up his heavenly throne, gave up his deity in order to come and die on the cross at Calvary. Why? Because he desires for us to become kingdom warriors. This is why he paid the ultimate price and made the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus left his kingdom to come and get people. That's why he did it. And this is, this is why then he requires us to follow him with everything we've got because he gave it all up to come and be for, to come and get us, come and be with us. And as kingdom warriors, man, we're to, we're to fight for people so that we can help reveal the kingdom so that the kingdom can live in them like it lives in us. And listen to me, no one said it would be easy. No one said this life was gonna be comfortable. That is not a promise of the Bible. <laughs> I wish it was, but it's not. But God's word does, does say that it's necessary for all of us. These things are necessary for us to know and to do and to live according to if we desire to be a kingdom warrior. See, we must be a people who live the kingdom. We must breathe the kingdom. We must eat, sleep, drink the kingdom. We must talk and preach the kingdom. We must fight for the kingdom and the values the kingdom holds dear. That's a kingdom warrior. Jesus says it this way. He says, you must first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these other things shall be added. Then, then, they'll, be, then they'll be added to you, but you gotta first seek, seek the kingdom. And, and listen to me, church, man. We need to be a people who are raising our kids raising our kids in that exact same way. Well, that sounds extreme. It is extreme. Huh? It actually is. It is. And some people aren't comfortable. Okay, well then, the Lord needs to deal with whatever he needs to deal with to get you to the place he wants you. That's okay too. But I promise you, man, if we're not the one raising our kids to be kingdom warriors, the world will not. The world will not. And, and look, this is why, you know, God has us start in this school. Why the Lord told us to step out in faith and, and start this school. Because we want every aspect of their life to be surrounded with the kingdom of God. Every aspect of their day, immersed, immersed in the things of God. Learning what it means to follow Jesus with everything that's within them. While learning ABCs, one, two, threes, and quantum physics. That's what the prophecy said. I'm believing it. Quantum physics. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds big, right? Like, I mean, we want to train these kids not to be concerned with comfortability. We want the power of God. I want these kids to be able to walk up to a complete stranger in a wheelchair. In Jesus' name, get up. In Jesus' name, you're healed. I'm telling you, I've seen schools and kids, man, that go and hit the streets, and these kids are on fire for God, boy. They'll go right up. And I'm telling you, when you receive the kingdom like a little child, that's when God reveals kingdom power. That's why kids can be so powerful when they get a hold of Jesus. Because they just got faith to believe. They just believe it. 
They, they don't need an explanation for it. And they're not uncomfortable with any of it until they get older. Yeah. Then they get teenagers. Praise the Lord. I got one now. Amen. This is why we want to start the school, church. And so look, I got, a, I got a video for you. We got a video for you. I didn't make the video. They made the video. Let me re- make sure I establish that like you didn't know that. We got a video that we, we, we want to share with you um, today. And so go ahead, check out this video, then I'll close. We walk by faith, not by sight. So be strong in the Lord and his great power. For our fight is not against the people on this earth. Put on the full armor of God. Stand firm with the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. Ready your feet with the gospel of peace. Hold up the shield of faith and put on the helmet of salvation. Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Yeah, we want them to be kingdom warriors, to know kingdom principles, kingdom values, and to live for the kingdom of God. And we're, we're really excited about that. And listen, if you follow us on Facebook, you would have seen that we announced uh, just a couple of days ago that we got um, the Bradshaws, a part of the team, man, Jeffrey and Carolyn. I'm telling you, they are incredible man and woman of God. We feel so honored and blessed to have them a part of it. And there's several other people a part of the team. And, and I'm going to introduce all of them to you at, at some point soon. But man, I tell you, we're so thankful for what God is, is building and what God is doing. This thing is coming together very beautifully. Um, and it's, and it's, it's awesome. And, and listen, also, I know there's several people who are like, well, where are you going to have it? Well, I'm excited to announce actually that we're going to have it right here at CWC. And, and hear me. Yeah. And so look, over these next couple months, you're going to see a lot of construction happening inside, outside, a lot of things happening. So uh, yeah, be, be very gracious towards us while we get through this uh, transition. Um, and, and here's how the Lord just reminded us of it and then confirmed it. He gave us Zechariah chapter four, verse 10. And, and this is what it says. Do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see this work begin. And I'm telling you, that's all I'm concerned with. Lord, I want you to rejoice to see the work begin. I want you to rejoice over what we're doing. And so again, be patient with the construction. Uh, we might lose quite a bit of parking, but hey, we can walk. We all need to walk a little more anyway, I'm sure. Um, at least I do. Let me say that. I need to. Um, but yeah. And listen, this is all temporary until the miracle building is revealed. Hear me. God said it was going to be a miracle. I believe it. I'm telling you, I believe it. It's going to blow our minds. When this thing's revealed, we're going to be like, what? It could only be God. Only God. And, and I can't wait till that happens. And, and two, listen, the church offices will no longer be at the church. We're going to move the offices off of, off of this campus because I think it's important for this place to be a school Monday through Friday. And so, yeah, it's not very convenient, but I don't really care about my comfort. I want these kids to be ministered to and for this place to be there as a school Monday through Friday. And I'll announce where we're going to put our, our offices here real soon, but um, we'll let you know. But uh, anyway, if I could have the ushers come up, please. we got some kiddos going to take up the, the final offering for today. Um, and next week, I'm going to give a report of... of where we are 
Um, and, and remember, I, I challenged you guys, and God challenged us more importantly, to, to give $125,000 to the school as a, as a body. And I'm telling you, we've, we're gonna supersede that. Um, and I think that's awesome and absolutely amazing. And thank you for your generosity. So let me, let me just pray quickly. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, you, you will take this offering and that you will break it, you'll bless it, you'll multiply it. That you'll multiply it back to the giver. And Lord, you'll increase it for the school so that we can bring in as many kids as possible to bless them and to strengthen them and to encourage them, to train them in the ways of the Lord. So Lord, I pray you would bless those who can give, God. I pray you, you would bless those who, who desire to give, but right now just can't. They're praying so hard for us. I pray, Lord, that you would bless each and every person that has come along and partnered with us in this venture, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.